Good morning, church. Oh, my heart is here. <laughs> How are you today? How's your heart? So this is on which we are going to preach today. Um, I'm asking that because we're going to see in the Bible what the heart says. When you read in the Bible about the heart, it's really about us, you and me. And uh, I will tell you something like it's a bit personal um, what happened to me. Because I will tell you how God changed my heart. Before I became Christian, my heart was dark and closed and hardened to the voice of God. It was a stone here, stone heart. And I don't even want to go to church, worshiping, praise the Lord, nothing, nothing, nothing. For me, it's only like going have fun, going to the beach. That's what I want to do. But it happened that my family usually asked me, come with us to church. But I'm not even considering going to church. Because for me, church on Sunday is my day off. So let's chill out. <laughs> let's chill out. Having some, some fun with friends, a couple of beers. That's, what, that's my Sunday. Don't tell me to go to church. No. That's my Sunday. And on top of that, the, 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 I don't know if I'm going to say the worst thing is, I wanted to be an Illuminati member. I know if some knows what is Illuminati. Illuminati is a sect which makes you become rich and powerful. That's what I want to do. I want to be rich and powerful. So imagine how dark my heart was, how stone this was. No flesh, only stone. But my Savior saved me. He saved me from that. Because you don't need to be powerful. The only power we need is the power of God. Only thing that we need is love in our heart. Keep his commandment. And everything will be given to you. And on one Sunday, I woke up, lying on my bed, planning my Sunday, sunny one, and wanted to go to, to the beach, chill out. Still on my bed, it's like a voice inside of me saying, wake up, go to church. But I keep Ignoring this voice, keep ignoring this voice coming. It's keep coming and keeps coming, telling me go to church. I said, mm, "Okay." I woke up, go and see my daughter, and said, "Can I come to church with you today?" She was surprised. <laughs> oh, I say. She said, "Yes, okay, come." And on that day. While I was worshiping God, I feel such a joy in my heart. It was great that myself, I couldn't explain what is happening. I couldn't explain. But the thing is, my heart, my stone heart, become flesh. In Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 
26, you can read. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. And, you, and I will put with, within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That's what's happened, has happening to me. He changed my heart, my stone heart, to a flesh one. That was wonderful. Really wonderful. Because since then, I'm here. And I'm preaching. Who can imagine I'm preaching today? No one. Even my family. No one. Because I was so in the dark. You know? No one. And I keep, 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 keep going towards Jesus. Hungry to know him. Hungry to know what's, what's in, what's his, is in, what he's going to do with me. And I joined Trinity Church. I joined the Upper Room Academy, which is great. I recommend it. <laughs> but if God has changed my heart, he can change every heart, your heart. Every heart which has been hardened can be changed. Because if you imagine a stone heart like me have been changed, so I can't, it's impossible. For God, everything is possible. Every hard thing is possible for him. But a heart can become stone again. Why? Because of what's, what's happening in the world today. Prices are going up. What you're expecting is not happening. All these things can harden your heart again. But trust in the Lord. Proverb 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandment. For the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. Keep his commandment in your heart. That's what I've done when my heart becomes flesh. I keep his commandment in my heart. Keep going. Keep his commandment. Don't become weak. I know sometimes we become weak. But think of his commandment. Trust in him. And you'll have peace. Sometimes you might feel anxious and fear in your heart. But remember, this is not God who put anxious in your heart. This is the devil. He don't want you to feel with love, joy, and peace. Have faith and leave God in control of your heart and you will find peace. Keep your heart with all vigilance from it flows the spring of life. Don't let your heart fill with anxiety and fear. You will not hear the voice of God. Because if you want to hear the voice of God, hear it, listen in silence. Listen to his voice in silence. Don't let anything come to disturb you because you're not going to hear his voice. Because his voice comes from your heart. His voice comes from your heart and will bring you everything. Listen to his voice. There's no voice like his voice. We say voice, we said everything comes from our heart, and it's true. Because in Matthew 15, 18 and 19, it said, But what's come from out of the mouth proceeds from the heart of this defiled person. 
For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, thefts, false witness, slander. This from our heart. And if you don't listen to the voice of God, that will come out of our heart. Listen to his voice because there's nothing greater than his voice. Nothing greater that can put you in the right direction. Nothing will be greater to his voice. Nothing because his voice is a pure voice. And your, vo your heart is very precious. In Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be so. Your heart is precious. Precious to God. Don't let the devil touch it. Don't let the devil use your heart to do harm to someone. Don't let the devil use your heart to disturb you. Don't let the devil use your heart to keep you away from God. And remember, God restore every broken heart. Every broken heart is restored by God. He will never forsake you. He will never let you down because he is in your heart. Every day of your life, as soon as you wake up, he's in your heart. As you're born, he's in your heart. Don't let your heart feel weak. In Proverbs 4, 23, It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, from, for, for from it flows the spring of life. I will say to you, guard your heart, protect, and be careful. Don't let your heart be disturbed of what is happening in this world. As I said before, if you want to hear the voice of God, listen in silence. Because if your heart is full of other things, you cannot hear the voice of God. You're going to be disturbed. In everyday life, the voice of God is here. He guides us. He's in control. He shows us the right way. He shows us where to go. And everything is here. In today's world, men's hearts have been hardened. And if you go back in Noah's time, it was the same. During Noah's times, people's heart was hardened. They were having fun. They were, there was wedding, there was everything, drinking. Uh, they were having fun. And this is happening again in this world. We are facing the same problem nowadays. Men have hardened their hearts to God. God put a heart, a pure heart. He wants us to listen to him. And from that, I have two questions. This two questions is, what lies do I believe about myself or the world around me? And how is that affecting my relationships with God? And the second question is, what sins or bad habits in my life are weighing me down from a closer walk with Jesus? 
Ay. And Pat Duncan. <laughs> okay. Should we just give Bruno a round of applause? <clears throat> Bruno, well done, my friend. So what we're going to do is we're just going to very briefly, for two minutes, uh, we're not going to discuss the second one with your neighbour because I think that's something you might need to go and you might not want to share your deepest intimate sins in your life. Well, you can do if you want to. Pete, sorry, did you want to do that? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I think the second question is for something for you to go and just talk, you know, to, at home, just make some assessment of your life. But I think it would be helpful now, just maybe for two minutes, just to turn to somebody near you, and if you don't know them, just say, hello, my name is, and introduce yourself. And then to say, what, what do I believe about myself or the world around me? Uh, what lies do I believe? And sometimes you're thinking, what are, the, what are the wrong things that the world would say to you that actually gets into your heart? I remember years ago, I spoke with a, a girl and her, 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 her forearms here and here were totally wrecked with scars because she'd spent all her time just like cutting herself when she was young, when she was a teenager. And she was now in, in her 20s. But what she had done is this, she'd got a tattoo done. And she said on here, and it was like this. And when, you, when she put her arms like this, it said, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. And she put her, and I took a photograph of it. And she would stand there like this, because she'd let so many other things come in and get her heart. And what Bruno is saying today is, no, this is a time to guard our heart. So just for two minutes, very, very briefly, it say hello and so say, what are some of the lies that you think may get into you? And then we're just going to pray that God's spirit would come and help you. Is that okay? Okay, right. Can I, um, can I now, we're going to continue now. Can I ask you please to give a big round of applause for Dee Dee? Come on. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Have I broken? Oh no, you can hear me. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. So my name is Ndidi. Um, I'm married to Peter and I have two sons. They're waving. <laughs> and I have two sons. I've been a member of Trinity Church for about 12. <laughs> I've been a member of Trinity Church for about 12 years. And I absolutely love this church. I am so pumped up that I'm able, this like my first preach, my first year, and I just love it. I absolutely love it because this is such a beautiful place to be. Um, so for the last, I think it's three weeks, we've been talking about proverbs and, and, and using proverbs to frame different things. So Bruno's just done a fantastic job on pro, um, framing the heart and what's inside of the heart. And today I'm going to try and frame planning um, within the concept of um, proverbs. Yay. So I'm going to, and, and it's, it's not so, I, I have to just say straight up, I'm not a great planner. My husband is the planner in the house and all we do, so he gets like his spreadsheets and his different things ready. And I'm like, let's just, let's just go with the flow. Let's just go with the flow. And you can imagine, so we just did my mum's 80th birthday recently. Oh my goodness, it was just war. <laughs> it was just war. Pete had all his plans. We will get the DJ. We will do it at this time. We'll do it at this time. I said, everyone's going to come. It'll be fine. And so it didn't quite work. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so the, she had a great party, but, you know, our marriage did have some counselling afterwards. Let <laughs> me just be real, because I'm a real person. Um, so, yeah, our marriage did have some counselling afterwards. But recently, the other reason, really, I want to talk about planning is that um, recently, so as I said, I've got two boys, and they're, 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 they're young men now. They're not, not little boys. And when they were growing up, my whole life was about the boys. I would take them. I was their chef. I was their Uber service. I would take them to training. I would do all the different things. And the kind of person I am is that I adopt children as I go along. If you've got a child, you know, I adopt them as I go along. So it wasn't just my children. So my whole world was um, my children and anybody else's children that God would bless me with at that time. And then, um, and then what happened was they grew up. They just grew up and they, you know, and then we had COVID and I was at home with the family. And then after COVID, I suddenly realized that there was this big gap. 
And I'm thinking, oh, okay, what do I do with all this time? Meanwhile, my husband is celebrating, saying, yes, thank God, they've gone. I don't have to pay any more, you know, um, phone bills. I, I am free. And he, you know, so I'm having this crisis. And Pete is just enjoying, he's living his life. <laughs> Absolutely living his life. So, you know, so, but throughout this time, God was very faithful. He kept sending messages everywhere. Even today, he sent a message, and you'll see what, what I mean. He just kept saying, I have plans for you. I have plans for you. Don't worry. I have plans for you. And I mean, I'd pick up a phone. Hi, Dee, God says you have plans. I'll open the book. Oh, there's plans. It wouldn't even be a Christian book. And there's God has plans for you. And I was thinking, okay, okay, I get the message. And that's why today I'm going to talk about God's plans, not just for me, but for, um, for all of us. So, let's see where we are. All right. So, um, let me just pop. So, I have planned today. Look, I have sheets. <laughs> the only thing now is I have to plan to be with the sheets, but I do have sheets. <laughs> I do have sheets. And so, okay, so... Um, in, in this whole process with the Father and, and learning how to plan and learning that actually his plans are the most important plans, he sort of like just shared four steps with me. There are so many. They're like, you know, people like Rick Warren have like a whole sort of month of planning and stuff like that. So I'm not trying to do anything like that. I'm simply just trying to say, this is my journey. This is my experience. At the end of this, I just hope that all of us will go, because uh, as Pete says, we're in autumn and it's a new season and a new month, but we all have plans that, you know, as we go into season, some of us have plans that have died. You know, God gave us plans and they've died. Some of us don't have plans and some of us, you know, have plans that are going well, but, you know, could use some elevation. And so my hope is that at the end of this, at this um, share with you, that, you know, God will sort of kickstart, restart, and set on fire some of these plans so that by the end of the, the year, you know, we'll have a really fruitful year. Amen. Okay. So I'm going to look at making God's plans your plans. I'm going to look at committing to God, taking ownership of the plans, and to, doing, and to do something. So let me start with first make God's plans your plans. So as I said, the Father kept on giving me a verse or all the time and wherever I went. And it's one of those popular verses, but it literally, even now, when Pete came up, he, he started with, thought, you know, God has plans for you. And I'm thinking, Lord, I know, I know. <laughs> I get the message. <laughs> I get the message. So, you know, so he's continued to say that. And, and that's the first thing that he said to share today and that he has plans for everyone. He has plans for every single one of us. So as I said, in, in my season, my plans, I'm not quite sure what he wants. So Peter knows very much what he wants. But God knows what every single one of us needs. He knows the situations that we are all in at the moment. You know, last week, um, the weeks that just finished, I think about four different people said to me, my interest rates have gone up on my mortgage. I have a lot... Um, my interest rates have gone up and more. My electricity bill has gone up. My wages have not changed. My pension has not changed. But all these things have changed. I do not know what to do. I do not know where I am. Some people have got their school results and they're going to university and they're going to different things. You know, all of us, God has different words and, and different plans and different things for us. And, you know, and it's really important that we know that. It's really important that we understand. God says, I, have plan I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and the future. So every single, his plans for us are good plans. They will give us hope. They will give us a future. And they are for all of us. This, this verse was given to the Israelites when they were in captivity. Things were not good for them. And God said to them within that space that he was giving them hope, that he had plans for a good future and plans for them. And he's saying the same thing to all of us now within that same space, regardless of what your circumstances are, regardless of what your situations are. I love you. I do this. The reason I have good plans for you is because I love you. Yeah. And they are going to be good plans and they're going to be wonderful plans. And, you know, and, and that's the first thing. Even if you hear nothing else today, know he has a plan for you. Know those plans are amazing. And know that your life is going to be amazing. 
from that, from that. <laughs> okay. So in Proverbs, it says, Proverbs 16 9, it says, In their hearts, humans, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Um, Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. If we look at this verse of Jeremiah, I've put it highlighted in green. It says, I know the plans I have for you. Not the plans that we want him to bless, but the plans that he has for us. When I was younger, I think I was about eight, I went to see um, Swan Lake, the ballet Swan Lake. So I came back and my plan was I was going to be a ballerina. That was my whole plan. And I prayed to God that he would make me a ballerina. I bought the books. I did everything. But <clears throat> how many of you know how to dance candy? How many of you know the dance candy? Okay, the party is, I can see. <laughs> how many of you know the song Summer Loving from Greece? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. And, and that's it. So when you go to African or Caribbean parties, the, the, the song that they play to bring us all on the dance, the dance floor is candy because the smallest child and the oldest child will come up and they will dance. So everyone starts going, you know, and then it's like candy and it's just all these steps. But the problem with this dance for me, that is synchronized dancing. Everybody has to lift their leg at the same time. Everyone has to do this at the same time. And really, the reason God did not make me a ballerina is because I cannot do candy. <laughs> no, it's really as simple as that. So when the candy comes, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everybody else is just, you know, my boys can do candy, their dad can do candy, but I cannot do candy. But I prayed all this time that God would make me a ballerina. Why was I praying that God would make me a ballerina? Because actually, I'm better at making friends, connecting with people. So what is God going to make me? Actually, in the end, I, I ended up working with youth as a teacher and all sorts of different things that suited his plans for me. I feel that sometimes we all have our ballerina moments. You know, even now, you know, we see somebody else really successful at something, we're like, oh, God, give me that. Or we, you know, or we, we like something really much, and we say, oh, God, this is what I want to do. And then when we finish, we'll say, I prayed, but God did not give me, the, you know, prosper my plan. He did not give me hope in that plan, and he did not definitely bring it into my future. And the reason why is because you're not a ballerina. You are whatever he has made you to be. And it's his. It says he knows the plans that he has for you. It is his plans for you based on the purpose he created you for, based on the skill set, based on where you're going to go in the future. And so the first thing for me, the first step, he says, is make his plans your plans. Now, the Lord Jesus, and all of us, you know, all of us followers of Christ, he's our example. The Lord Jesus who, you know, he did, what he did is he made the father's plans, his plans. Every time you, he was in any situation and you ask him, he says, oh, I, I'm doing the work of the Lord. I'm, I'm doing the will of my God. I'm everything he did. And thank God he did it because his plan, you know, the father's plan was successful because Jesus made his plan, the father's plan, his plan. So basically the same thing with all of us. What is the plan that God has for us? Because that is the plan that is going to be successful. And that is the plan that's going to give us a hope. And that is the plan that's going to give us a future. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So, as I said, this verse was chasing me around for I know the plans and everything. And I was like, well, God, what are your plans? Yeah, what, what are your plans? You know, and... Um, and I never read the part in green. I just, everyone just told me the first bit. And I didn't know there was another part, you know, that I needed to follow on. Because he then told you how to do it. He says, you know, um, and not to harm your plans, to give you hope in the future. Then you will call on me, and you will come, and you will pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. 
So I hadn't quite worked that bit out yet. I was sort of, you know, oh, just tell me the plans. Go on, tell me the plans, Father. I was waiting for another call from all these people that were telling me he has plans. I was waiting for the next one to be what the plans are. But actually, no. So read the context is the first thing. When, you, when someone gives you a word, read the context. But if you, if you look at that, those plans, the part in green really just talks about commitment. You know, when you are seeking him, when you are listening to him, when you are praying to him, it's all talking about relationship and commitment. Proverbs 16, 13 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Um, and back in the day, and I'm sure many of us here, we would commit our ballerina plans or whatever plans to Father God. And we would expect him to, to just establish the plans, whether they were his plans or not. That's what we were told to do. Just commit to the Lord. But actually, if we read this properly or how he's told me to read it recently, he says, commit to me literally commit to me, regardless of what you were doing, regardless of what your plans are. The number one, Bruno said it, the number one thing is our heart and his heart, our relationship with him. And, and that's so important because actually, when you look at, like, let's take Jesus, for example. Look at the plan that God had for him. He was going to be stoned. His friends were going to reject him. He was going to die. And I know that all of that brought about this, you know, our happiness and our joy and whatever. But he needed God. He needed to hear Father God. He was always going to Father God because he needed to be strengthened in the plans that God had for him. Many of us, God gives us a plan, and the plans are not easy plans. The plans are quite complicated plans. You know, he'll say, he'll tell us like he did to Joseph, his sister Joseph, oh, your whole family is going to bow down before you, and you're going to be a king and everything. But what happened to Joseph? His brothers beat him up, and, and, slave, and he became a slave. After he became a slave, um, what happened after, yeah, after he got, became a slave, the, the, his master's wife accused him of doing bad things. He ended up in prison. You know, when God tells you you've got a plan, a lot of the time, you, you, none of us really think this might, our plans might go up and they might go down and they might go up, but they do, they do. And the only way we're gonna be able to navigate these plans will be in relationship with God. So that when the plan does not look quite how we thought it was gonna look, we can go to him, he can strengthen us, he can lift us up. You know, when sometimes we preach these things and we're like, yeah, yeah, it's all gonna be good. And you know, this year has been difficult for many, many of us who've had all sorts of different losses and all sorts of different things. But you know, what he has said to us is commit to him, commit to a relationship with him, regardless of what your plans are. We commit to him because in that commitment, just like Jesus, Jesus knew what his dad was doing. He thought what his dad was thinking. We too need to know what our God is doing. We too need to think what he's thinking and know that actually, even though it may look not great at the moment, it will, look, it will get better. So for every single one, one of us, the first thing is, yes, it's important to know God's plans for our lives. But actually, more important than anything is to have a really close, intimate relationship with him where we are listening to him, where we are seeking him, because God has promised we will be found. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is take ownership of the plan. Um, I don't know what anybody else is like here. At the beginning of every year, I, um, I, I put down my New Year's resolutions. It's really like when I went, I was in the boarding school in Nigeria, and that's what everybody did. It's like you come back to school after Christmas, and everyone said, what are your New Year's resolutions? And so I actually became a resolution writer. And there's always three resolutions that are on my list. The first one is a better relationship with God. I was going to pray more. I'm going to develop intimacy with God and, and everything. And the other one is I'm going to keep fit every year without fail it's on my list i'm going to keep fit i'm going to go to the gym i'm going to eat well because i want to be a temple that is healthy and everything and 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 then the third one is i'm going to be a better friend so every year those are there and then whatever else god brings along because those are three that we have agreed with that i know that are happy that he wants and then whatever else he tells me in the year so this year i took ownership 
of a particular one, which was a fitness one. Because the thing is, you know, we can have all of these plans. I've got books. Every year I get a book as well, and I put the plan down in the book. And, you know, I was, we're clearing out a house at the moment, and I keep picking up these books, and there's only one page, and it's just got the plan, and there's nothing else in the book. <laughs> the plan does not go further than that. And, and, that's, and that's literally what it is. And then I'm surprised at the end of the year when I've not achieved any of the plans. So the first thing, the first thing is to write down the plan. Absolutely write down the plan. Whatever it is, write it down. And then here it says, um, so, so this is, um, is it Habakkuk? Habakkuk. He says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on the tablets that they may run who reads it. So I highlighted the who reads it bit because that's what he told me. He says, I write them down and then the rest of the year I do not listen. I do not read them. Guys, if you write them down, read them. This is his plan. Read the words. Listen to him because these are the plans that will make sure that his plans for you actually produce the fruits that he planned for them to produce. Um, and then the other thing that you do, you know, that's really important is to take own, um, to take, is to create your own story. So in the whole thing about plans is that, as I say, they can remain on the piece of paper, but once you take ownership of a plan, once it becomes something that you, that belongs to you, not just God's plan that he has told you, but God's plan that you and him work through, then it's more likely to be achieved. When he t said to Abraham, he said to, uh, he said to Abraham, your name's going to become Abraham. So Abraham and Sarah had no, no children, and he says, your name's going to become Abraham, which actually meant the father of many, many nations and many children. But actually, he was quite old. He was not able to have children. Sarah was not able to have children. But God said, you know, your name is now going to change from Abram to Abraham. He also said, look at the stars. And they were out in the desert. And he said, look at the stars, look at the sky. This is the amount of children you're going to have. And what Father God was doing, he was creating a story. He was creating a narrative for um, Abraham so that every day, regardless of what was around him, in his mind, he, he saw the plans of God. He knew what was going to happen. It's the same thing with all of us. Whatever it is that the Father says to you, take it, take ownership of that idea, take it, and create your own story within it. With the Holy Spirit, create a story so that you will be able to fulfill the story. This year, my fitness plan was um, learn how to swim. And my son, Chica, my younger son, Chica, and I were in the pool, and he was just like, Mum, kick! Mum, kick! And he just kept on and on, Mum, kick! And I'm thinking, what do you think I'm doing? I'm kicking! I'm just not moving! And I was just really frustrated. And then in this time, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to learn how to swim. Because when I learn how to swim, I'm going to beat this boy in a race. That was my plan. That was my plan. So I started my swimming lessons. And, 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 and it's just not come naturally to me. I would love to say I'm like doing like 100 meters, 200. But it's just not, it's been a challenge. But, um, but I am swimming now. And when I get there, the one thing the lady always says to me is, slow down, Ndidi, slow down. What she does not understand is that in my mind, I'm having a race with Chica. Every time I'm going, I'm like, yes, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there, I'm going to be. And because of that, even when, because I keep trying the lessons, and I think, oh, my hair, or I think this, and then like that. But every week, every Friday, I would get up, because in my mind, when I went on holiday this year, we were going to have this race, and I was going to beat Chica. You know, and, and, and that's a story that kept me going. I think you guys can probably have a more Christian story to keep you going. <laughs> but, but, you know, you have to do what it takes. You have to do, in, in all the things, the most successful preachers and things like that, people that see miracles and stuff, they say to you that they saw themselves praying for healing and people being healed before, way before they ever saw healing. And, 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 you know, and they saw themselves successful. They saw themselves happy. We need to start taking the plans of God and seeing ourselves yes. how he sees us and seeing ourselves making the stories up. When you're little, that's the first thing they make you do, a story. My name is Ndidi. I live in a, a house with two dogs or whatever. That's what God wants us to do. It has not changed. Make the stories up so that by, they will take you to beat your son at swimming. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Listen, listen. Five meters. All I need is five meters. I need to beat him in five meters. I, I don't care what the distance is, but I'm going to beat him. I'll tell you all. <laughs> 
Oh, now I'm so revealing myself today. Okay, so step number four is just do something. So as I said, you know, I have like three different things. This, uh, this year I've, I've done my fitness. Um, the other thing is just to in improve my relationship with Father God. And one of the things that I don't really do very well is like every morning wake up and read my Bible and have my quiet time and stuff. You know, life can sometimes get hold of me. It, if the situations are hard in my life, I'm in that Bible and I'm reading and I'm doing that. But if life is just good and whatever, I'm not as good at that process. What, um, there's a few things I've done, actually, in order to, to do something. One of them is I went to the academy. So I, I teach on Saturday mornings. So I can't always go. But last year I went to the academy. Excellent. Because everyone was singing. Everyone was reading the Bible. You know, and it just encouraged me to do so. The other thing that I've done, I've done it for many years now, is I have a Bible study in my house. And, um, and everyone's like, oh, you're so nice. You're so good. Yeah. No, no. Actually, because I have a Bible study in my house, and actually the women, I've got some women in the group, and they're just like on fire. When you sit with them, they're like, they meet Jesus every single time, you know, and you're like, oh my God. And so you can't go there just cold. You can't go there having not read your Bible. You cannot go, because they do, they just embarrass you with their love for Jesus <laughs> and the amount that they know. And so what I do now is, you know, Last year we did John, so you can ask me anything about the book of John because I did my Bible study on it. But actually, in those times, because I was connecting with the Father, because I was reading the Word, and yes, it wasn't because, you know, a lot of the time it was just because I want to make sure when I was at that meeting that I had something to say, something to contribute. But, you know, God is so faithful. He met me every single time. I found a love for him in the book of John and an understanding of what he'd done for me and so many things in, in that. So I did something. And, and, and that's what I encourage, that you, we have different things and different plans that God has done. Don't, don't just be like me and close the book and put it away and then write another one. Take ownership. Do something with it. And then I just... The, you know, these are like all the, the positive things. But what happens when your plans do not work? What happens when you don't even know the plans that God has for you? Because you've been asking and asking and you do not see it. So let me start with the plans that do not work. If, if you have a plan that is not working, Proverbs 27, 12 says, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. It's quite simple. If you have a plan that is not working, change it. <laughs> Go ask the Holy Spirit what it is that you need to do to adjust it. Don't just keep going because you think you heard the Lord. You know, the, the truth of the matter is Jesus was fantastic at this. He had such a close relationship with the Father. He didn't make mistakes when he was following the, the things of the Father. He looked at the book. He said, okay, it says I'm going to have this. And it says I'm going to wash your feet. And it says I'm going to do these things. And, and he knew where he was going and what he was doing. But sometimes we hear, you know, it says we hear in part, we hear some of what God says. Some, we might even know fully what he's saying, but the way that we're going might not be quite how he's planned for us to go. So it's always okay to take, to take stock, do a retrospective, look back and think, okay, I'm here, it's not working, what can I tweak? God's not some taskmaster that wants you to have to get 100%. He's a loving and a kind daddy that wants to walk this life and this journey with us. And so what he wants us to do is we try. Well, you know, in, in, um, the, was it the, the parable of the ten talents, and Jesus told the parable of ten talents, and he gave ten talents to some people and six to others and one to one person. And the person that had one went and buried their talent. They didn't do anything with them. And he was not happy with that person that buried their talent. Whatever it is that you have, do something with it. Try with what you have. And as I said, it might not be perfect. It might not work out. But that's okay. God loves you. Just like a parent, when your child falls when they're walking, you don't like scream, oh, you should be walking. No, you get them up. You say, let's go again. Let's go again, Alyssa. Until he keeps on going, until he starts walking. And you think, why did I make him walk? Because everything has just been destroyed. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, so that's it. So modify and change it. And if you don't hear, if, if at this moment, so as I said very clearly at the beginning, I, said, I don't really know what the Father has planned for me at this moment. But I do know that there are just general plans. You know, he wants us all to know Jesus more. He wants us to have a better relationship with him because it's out of that relationship that everything is based. He wants us to keep fit and, and be healthy. And so 
what you do is, if you don't know what he wants you to do next, do what you have now very well. Because actually, in the process of doing what you have now very well, you often are preparing yourself for that next thing that he has prepared for you. So, so there's that there. And yeah, oh, Mimi's not here last week, but Mimi um, preached on, um, shared on perseverance, and she said, um, just keep going, just keep going. And that's the same thing here, just keep going. Sometimes plans take a lot longer. You think, oh, in the year I'm gonna finish this, I'm gonna do that, or in two years God is gonna do this, and, and it's still not there. Doesn't mean that God is wrong, and it doesn't mean that you were wrong. It just might mean that the timing has to be a bit longer or a bit shorter. So just be flexible. Don't hold on to things so much that if something changes or if it doesn't quite work how you want, you get too upset. And, um, and just finally, mentors and accountability partners. As I said, my husband Pete is a much better planner than I am. And there are people here. Um, Linda is a very good planner. <laughs> She's a very good planner. Whenever she does the women's meetings, she, when the meeting, she does pop, 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 pop. And you've got this job, you've got this job. And then we all go and we just do just, just what she says and it works out well, you know. And so learn, get mentors, get people around you in the areas that God has planned for you and follow them. You know, it's, it's not a bad thing. People, let people, learn from people, and then you, people will learn from you. And, you know, and accountability partners. And so, yeah, my household, my accountability partners, and my whole family, they're forever saying, you said this, and you said you were going to do this, and when's it going to happen? Get some graceful accountability partners. <laughs> get, get, the one, get, get the ones that, you know, <laughs> like, I have a friend called Stella, and she's a brilliant accountability partner, and she will, like, encourage you. She's like, oh, no, babes, it's okay. It'll be better, and, and things like that. And then I go home, and then they have the reality of my family, so they both balance each other out. But, yeah, so, you know, get some accountability partners. Um, plans fail for lack of counsel, but many advisors, with many advisors, they, they succeed, and that is so true. The more people that, you know, around you, don't, as I say, be careful who you share with, but whoever God tells you to share with, share with them and walk this journey. The Christian life is not meant to be walked alone. It was meant to be walked as a body and with the people that God has given to you. So... For now, that's it. I, I hope that, you know, that every one of us can look at some of the plans that we've got now that may have died, that may need, you know, um, may, may still be there but just need re-energising or, you know, just go to the Father to seek the plans that, you know, that we need and, and commit to the Father on these things. Um, and I hope that we can, and you know, and by the end of 2022, because it doesn't take time. God is a miracle worker, and God also, you know, wants to do these things for us. So when we do our part, when we take ownership of the things he has given to us, you know, when, when we have commitment and relationship with him, when we do something, and when we make his plans our plans, a lot of the time, the plans are fruitful, the plans are successful, we are blessed, we are happy, and we can bless others. Okay. Amen. Honestly? Okay. I think, could you pray for us? Could I just invite us to stand? And if the, um, if the band, Andy and Hastings, if you could come back as well, that'd be great. The book of Proverbs is the most extraordinary practical book. And it just teaches us how to live our lives and instructs us and says, this is how you should live. But I feel now, I wonder if you could just pray for us that the Spirit of God would come and fill us again, that we would catch what God is saying to us, that we would have clarity and we think, oh no, this is what God is saying to me. And that actually we would hear God speaking to us, whether it's through scripture or through other people or prophetic or whatever it is, but we would have the life of God would come and be breathed into us. Is that okay? Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Father God, I, I thank you that you even planned this day, that every single person here you wanted to be here today. I thank you, Father God, that you have dreams and you have plans. Oh, sorry. 
I thank you, Father, that you have dreams and you have plans for every single one of us. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will set us on fire that you will set us all on fire, that you will rebirth those plans, that you will reignite us, Father God, that you will refresh those plans that you have for us. And for those of us that are not really seeing or not really hearing what you are planning at this moment, Father God, that we will have aha moments, all of a sudden moments where your plan is open and is clear and we're able to walk in it and produce the fruit that you want. Let your fire burn, Holy Spirit. Let it burn. And Father God, those places, that, those people that think they can't do it and, and what about if I fail? I tell you that you take away the spirit of failure. You take away that whole attitude and that whole mindset of failure that is troubling them and you refuse to let them have it. I pray, Father God, that where people's plans have stopped and they've made them depressed because they've not had them fulfilled, I pray that in the name of Jesus, all depression will go. I pray that people will stand up in joy. I pray that people will have hope in you once again and know that you will do what you said that you would do, that you are God that does not lie, that your word will not return to you void, and that everything you have spoken over them you will do with them in Jesus name let your love flow let everyone here know they are loved let everyone know here that you have a purpose let everyone here know that you believe in them and that all things are achievable through you in Jesus Christ amen um, we're just going to sing something but I feel just before we sing something to finish I feel God is saying that that we need to let go of comparison and sometimes we see the plans that other people have and we think, oh, that's the, what I want, I want that. But uh, I think sometimes when we focus on comparing ourselves to others, we, that, that drowns out the very thing that God calls us to do. And so, Lord Jesus, we, we repent of comparing ourselves to other people and thinking, oh, we want to be like that, we want that, but we thank you that you didn't make a mistake in how you made us. And we say, Lord, now we're going we're gonna to step into all that you have for us, Lord. I thank you that you know us, that you know our lives. Thank you that you've prepared good works in advance for each one of us to do. And we, I just thank you so much for these guys coming and sharing. And we say, oh God, let us step into all that you have. We want to be the most fruitful people that we know. Oh God, we don't want to be unfruitful. We want to live for the King. We want to live for you. We want to become so fruitful. And we, we thank you that you have plans, Lord, that will be so fruitful in us. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.